Um, hey, welcome back to Conversations, episode four. Um, I'm. I don't think we need to explain what's going on anymore because I mean, it's your fourth, fourth episode. episode in. Um, I'm Brian. You he's paid Jack. Attention by now. Yeah. You should probably leave this math class and just drop it. Go to a different one. Mm, try geometry. Yeah. Um, You're asleep, Dave. You need to wake up. Go back to gym class. Okay. So, you have a topic for us, Jack? All right. Um, so, uh, I, I, I'll start us off with something weird. Um, I like weird. I, I like weird a I'm lot. I'm not sure if you will. Because uh, I don't actually remember the origins of this. You might, but I, I don't. So I had a conversation with my friend uh, while, they, while we were getting lunch uh, the other day. And they mentioned how they can't wear normal-sized gloves because their hands are too big and their fingers are too long. Hmm. Uh, so they describe themselves as having, like, you know, chungus hands. And I'm like, well, that's kind of funny. Big chungus. Um well, not not that. Uh, it is the fact that the I I suppose having Chungus hands is like a newer version of uh, Yowie hands. <laughs> That's the one that I know. So I I told him it's like oh so I guess I guess you're just saying that you have like big Yowie hands. Then he's like, what does that mean? He doesn't know what it means. My friend's younger than me by four years. So. <clears throat> I had to explain to him what it meant, and I realized that I don't actually really know what it means. So as far as I'm aware, the genre of yaoi, which is, I, I'm, I think, is literally just gay, gay manga, and gay explicitly, like, male on male, as opposed to, you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, but, but that genre of manga happens to draw male characters with really big hands. <laughs> like... Like actually gigantic hands. Yeah. There's a there's a panel that um uh that's like famous from my childhood anyway, where a guy is palming his entire skull when he as he's crying. Like his fingers wrap around to his neck, like from the front of his face to the neck and the back of his head. And they're just crying. And it's meant to be, like, a really sad and emotional panel, but I can't get over the fact that this person would be would be able to, like, palm beach balls. Um, so... And not, and not the kind that you would use, like, you know, for volleyball. No, like, an actual inflatable beach ball. Like, the really big ones. Um, so, I did, like, just a quick search of this, like, image search, and, um... Before I was allowed to see anything, I immediately got told I have to turn safe search off to get any results, <laughs> um, which is always a great sign, you know. But yeah, God, like it... right, like look at these—they're just gigantic. Yeah, I mean, some panels they have someone uh, like you can like... see someone with normal hands, and then they quickly shift over to <laughs> it's not normal at all like do you see the one that i just shared with you i will check it yeah i i see that one yeah so i know it's like a technically a forced perspective mm-hmm. but even with forced perspective they're touching this person's shoulder so okay so this is an image of two uh you know 
uh, gay lovers or whatever who are holding hands with one of them having their hands resting on the person's shoulder. Their hands resting on the shoulder, just by regular perspective gauging it, are bigger than their heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, actually bigger than their entire heads. Just, dear lord. I wonder if that's... Do you currently read any Yowie? Um, the last, the last time I read anything, um, <laughs> sorry, I found one with the, the hands bigger than an entire person's body. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, the last, uh, it's not even like a stand. No, I actually know the one this is from. No, uh, the last time I read anything that was Yaoi was like, um, I think way, way back. And I don't even know if it technically counts, because it's one of those, like, weird, like, harem mangas where everyone's kind of in the harem, as opposed to just, like, you know, main female slash main male, and everybody else is, you know, the quote-unquote appropriate sex. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, uh, I think the last one I, I read was uh, uh, Subasa, which that sounds, really old. That sounds if, if familiar, um, but... Um... Because you've I'm... definitely seen it. You don't want to remember, but you've seen it. There's time travel for some reason. <sighs> of course, yeah. It's introduced during the last, like, twelfth of the, of the series. And there's no mention of it prior to that. They also introduce magic and, like, stands <laughs> towards the last half, too. Um, and I, I, I don't understand, man. Um, but I'm wondering if that, like, it's continued to, like, recently, or if it's it's just a hallmark of early, like, yaoi, because as, I do have to say, like, as manga genres go, um, each one has their own distinct art style that you can immediately tell what kind it is just by looking at it. Oh, yeah, like, you can tell when you're looking at a shonen, you can tell when you're looking at, um, at a, uh, oh, jeez, it's the, shoujo? It's the girl one. No, shoujo. Yeah, shoujo. Like, they, they do have very distinct, like, things that show up with them. Like, when you look at the artwork in Tsubasa, like I just mentioned, it's very obviously meant to be a shoujo. But, like, it has shown in elements in it, but the design of everything is very shoujo. I, I feel like the way you easily can <clears throat> tell a yaoi just by looking at it is, like, one, one of the characters always looks like a shoujo um like male love interest you know and the other one looks like they're they were they belong in battle tendency yeah yeah that's fair every every single yaoi character ever is a twink we ain't we we never get any himbo uh you know like uh yaoi characters they're always twinks i, I disagree there's Early Yaoi had like a very a little variety. a very obvious like um I guess top bottom situation dynamic, dynamic and it was yeah. uh like very easy to tell based on like who had the broader shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> but even then Let's let's be honest. None of the quote unquote broad characters from Yaoi are ever actually like broad. You ne- you never get any like actual like massive lads. 
you there's no there's no Dragon Ball Z figures, you know what I mean? Like nobody nobody looking like an actual shonen protagonist. Maybe like a femboy shonen protagonist, but that just kind of defeats the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like the way their face looks, but I'm more talking about the figure. I, I, don't, I don't think any of them have, like, an imposing physical figure. Like, just outright. If you can show me an example, go ahead. But I, I really don't think there is one. You j- You're going to have to go into the archives. I'm not going to search deeper for Yaoi right now. It's I've been on a um, webtoon, like, junkie, and I don't want to get into Yaoi right now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good to do cocaine by itself. You can't also do heroin at the same time. It's never good to double dip. Yeah, yeah no, I get that. But um, like, this, I have. I mean, if we're if we're gonna be talking about like the like the general figures for like these characters, depending on the genre, which one do you think has the least realistic expectations for a person? Shonen. Obviously. You know what? That's fair. I- I'll take that. Because, <laughs> no, I, I I get it. Because they're trying to sell an un like an unattainable um kind of masculinity. And fem and femininity too. Actually. Yeah. Um. Well, like for for shonen, if you want that body type, you need to work out constantly and eat nothing but protein. For like a yaoi body type, you just need to stop eating. Hey, Jack. Like, and, and also just be tall, actually. Are you are you yeah. saying that our friend Zach has a yaoi body type? No, no, he definitely <laughs> eats frequently. He is just tall, though. Um, I, I don't want him <laughs> to know that he might have a yaoi body type. I kind of want to tell him. But, um... I mean, but mm. between between yourself, me, and Zach, uh, Zach has <laughs> Zach has a yaoi body type. <laughs> you have a shoujo body type, and I have a shonen body type. <laughs> but to less extremes yeah. for all three of us. Hmm. I guess I, I don't know. I, think, I guess I think shoujo body type expectations are pretty ridiculous, and by that I mean only the eyes. Oh, the eyes definitely. <laughs> you I, you can't and and the lack of nose. But I I guess that always goes back to like each every kind of genre of art, and I consider different manga genres, different genres of art, how their styles have evolved, have like their own hallmarks to them, right? Like, yeah, yeah, but because even in American comic books, there's not like different subgenres based off of aesthetic, mm. right? Whereas with manga, there's so there's such distinct changes in art style, right, yeah. that you can actually identify them just through visual indicators alone. I want to see, but that, but, but I think comics and manga just have different storytelling premises. Yeah. And I also want to see a like, manga that's drawn like a Renaissance painting. Good luck, bro. The, the closest thing you're going to get would have been something, you know, in Berserk, 
which obviously now is not possible. And the and the other thing that's possible for something like that would be anything made by Boichi. Um, right now, Boichi's making Doctor Stone, which I know if you if you're familiar with Doctor Stone, Boichi doesn't seem like a particularly competent artist because the style's pretty simple in that series. But dear lord, if you read anything else made by that man, holy crap, the fact that he's made more than a single series is a miracle. Like, oh my god, the dude's actually just a legend. He's a, he's a, he's a machine. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't really, he doesn't draw manga. He, he paints manga with a pencil. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm, I'm not even hyping him up. Like, he's, he's really, really good. I would argue that Boichi might be the best manga artist alive and potentially the best manga artist who's ever lived. And, like, I, I know it obviously sounds like I'm overhyping a person, but, like, I myself am also an artist, and I, I consider myself a competent enough artist, but even if I I'd hire you. I would still... I mean, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, you have. But I would also consider, even if I wasn't an artist, I as like an amateur who has never seen like other manga before in relation to Boichi, I, I still don't think anything else holds a candle to that guy. He's so good at what he does. Mm. And and now he, he, and he sold out, basically, by making Dr. Stone. Obviously, the manga's really good. And also the, the, art, uh, the artist at slash mangaka, you know, for um, uh, the stuff, Boichi, he's also, like, an astrophysicist or whatever. <laughs> he happens to also be really smart, which is why he's able to write Dr. Stone and have it make sense scientifically. But, like, he's really underselling himself so that it's easier to produce and also more, like, you know widely appreciated because not everyone can appreciate what he makes at like the pinnacle of his abilities but mm. dear lord that that man oof hmm. what's your favorite like painting style since you uh, out of all the like yeah like of historic painting styles like i guess modern art too into like Graffiti, graffiti is good, um, but what? Do you, uh, what's your favorite? So, out of all of my, because I've actually experimented with a bunch of different ones before in the mm -hmm. past, but, uh, hmm. my favorite. Well, okay, so I'll I'll I'll, se I'll separate it into a couple of categories because it's actually really difficult um, to describe just one. Uh, all right, so my favorite art to look at is um, I I guess. I guess surreal is the best way to describe it. Because I like magical realism, right? Where the colors are a bit brighter than normal. And the um, uh, the shapes are a bit more uh, wild. But not like straight up, uh, you know, um, uh, abstract, right? I hate abstract art. I think it looks bad. And I think people try to make it look good by pretending no. it's good. Because they believe it you has to like be. You don't like your melting clocks? Uh, that actually doesn't count, in my opinion, as abstract art. 
I know the subject matter is abstract, but it's extremely realistic. As in, like, the you know, the type of art style I would describe, Melting mm-hmm. Clocks, you know, uh, as... Uh, I would describe that as realism, actually. <laughs> I consider that, like, very realistic art as opposed to just straight-up abstract. I'm talking about, like, just Jackson Pollock's slash, like, blobs of color. I think those are actually worthless, and people only want them to have value because it either took the artist who made it a lot of time or a lot of expensive materials to make it. Because there's nothing of value there. Like, I, I get it. You need a creativity or imagination. That's just bullshit. You need creativity and imagination to go to heaven, too. And I'm not exactly signing up to go on that train, either. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. But for my, for my money, though, my favorite thing to look at, as far as art is concerned, is anything that's made in a more stylistic way but still, like, adhering to reality um, within, a, you know, enough of a parameter for me to recognize what I'm looking mm. at. Um, my favorite art to make, though, um, is uh, probably um, just cartoons. I, I just really like cartoons. Mm. Um, like, that, that particular style is very, very appealing to me. Uh, if there's, like, a, a single artist that I personally want to emulate in my own art style, um, I, I really enjoy the, uh, the way that art is made and drawn by the... Um, oh, I, I feel so bad not knowing the person's name. Um, uh, by the person who makes uh, uh, Soul Eater. Um, Soul Eater and Fire Force are the two big properties that the person makes. Um, I don't... Let me let me see. Because I, I really want to know the name of this person. Because I'm a huge fan of their art style. Um, it's... Uh, uh, Atsushi uh, Okubo. Oh, okay. So Okubo um, makes really nice art. And has such a very clean and distinct style with the way that they make stuff. And their character design is also really nice, but that's separate from act- the actual art itself. Because anyone can be a good character designer without being a competent artist. You need to be both for it to you know, stick. But I really enjoy that art style, and I would love to be able to emulate that at some point in the future. Um, or at least for when I'm drawing people. Because I've always been able to draw monsters and stuff, but monsters are a bit like cheating in art. Because you don't have to adhere to any type of biology or any type of, you know... Um, actual practice or principle you're just kind of you know going off your hip at all times and so the one last thing i'll say about the art thing is um the type of art that i respect the most um is just straight realism uh i i find anyone who's able to make photorealistic anythings to be incredibly impressive um just because I know out of all the different art styles that you can master, that's the one that takes the most technical skill. Like, outright. Because every other type of art that you could master, you could be a realist, you could be an impressionist, you could be just straight-up, you know, interpretation of vague shapes or whatever. Every other style that you could master doesn't take as much time as it takes to be a realist in art. That type of hyper-realistic uh, art that you can see on the internet from some, like, you know, genius individuals out there that aren't actually just using a filter over, like, a real image. Those people, j- just the sheer dedication, even, like, outside of the talent, is extremely commendable. And I really respect that type of art. Mm. I mean, what what kind are you, like, looking at the most? Well, I'm... 
I I guess I'm a a fan of like baroque mainly. It's okay. It's the only thing that really got my attention. Like you know how in like art classes in high school, you always had to like this week we're going over this type of art and like you're forced to look at images and you're forced to find something you like and like out of all of them broke artwork just has something to it you know i i don't know how to explain it there's a lot of emotion mm. in baroque artwork you can feel a lot of stuff through yeah. it and like feel but feel in a way that isn't like wishy-washy because Baroque artwork is actually also very realistic as well. Mm. They're very much realist paintings that are only limited by the skill and scope of the artist who makes them. And generally speaking, Baroque art is very on point. <laughs> There's very few Baroque um, pieces that are just like smudges implying to be mm-hmm. humans. They're, they're very well done. There's actually something interesting related to that that I wanted to talk about then as a jumping off point. I had a conversation with my dad the other day about... Uh, people in artwork and how when you look at like the oldest paintings of people they don't look like people <laughs> right so what i mean by that is have you ever you you've seen the famous painting of like the watermelon from like you know 400 years ago to zip by because like I do actually attribute, like, art to, like, the artist, and that's the easiest way I remember it. Um, Oh, as opposed to the image itself. Yeah, that's fair. I'm much more of a visual guy myself, you know, for obvious reasons. It's a Renaissance painting made by... Ah, dear lord. Hold on. I wanted to make a pun (laughs) to say dear gourd, but it's not a gourd, it's, it's a melon. Um... Astanchi. I can't think of it then. Uh. Giovanni Stanchi. Hmm. Don't worry about it. They probably weren't very famous. And by that, I mean they're relatively famous because we even know who they are. <laughs> and that's like the mark of a famous artist is that they're still their name is still even known vaguely hundreds of years after mm-hmm. their death. Um, but like, uh, so, so, uh, so Stanchi um, made... Um, uh, still lifes and still lifes are boring if we're going to be honest they're they're very boring but it's it's an it's a great example of technical skill right to make very realistic art and um the thing that's interesting about Sanchi's painting right is the fact that in the painting you get to see watermelons but these don't look like watermelons so this is a this is the picture, right? This is a section of it. The whole picture is like a still life mm. with a bunch of fruit. Oh this is the yeah, one that was interesting. That's to yeah. Look at that. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't look like a well, watermelon. Well, that's because right? like, um, off. the watermelons we know have been selectively bred over the course of yeah. you know, centuries. Yeah. So this is what watermelons look like, even when they were still being selectively bred. By the way, because watermelons originally were like the size of mm-hmm. plums. And had virtually no red fruit. And by the time this painting was made, they were about the size of a small watermelon. And they had a little bit more red. And now watermelons are well, the size of full-size watermelons. And they're almost entirely red edible mm-hmm. fruit. Um, to the point where nowadays you can basically eat the rind and it still it's tastes fine. okay. 
right? So not a fan. Yeah, e- eating rind doesn't do any. Yeah, it doesn't do anything more than make anyone who watches you do it disrespect yeah, it, you. It, I um, I always like to look at it like it's the same as eating cardboard. It's gonna help push things through. You know what? That is fair. Fiber from any source. Um, yeah. So that painting though brings to mind right the fact that the paintings of people right that I'm talking about from the past that don't look real as in like the people don't look real their clothing obviously looks real to the point where some of the paintings have such realistic clothing that you can almost feel the fabric that they're wearing based on how clear mm-hmm. it is right but the people still look fucked like what, what were we really like were our heads really that small like did we really have those like you know uh like cheeks and everything were our jaws that shape and and for the most part i don't actually think they were right these artists had a job to basically make whoever paid them so they could live <laughs> look as good as they possibly could so that they could get paid so they could live. Or so they wouldn't die, right? If you made a portrait of a king, you better make that king look smoochable as hell. Because if there's, you don't, he gonna kill you. There's only so good you can make someone that's like 19 ways inbred look good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, if you've seen some of these famous paintings of, like, the super inbred royalty, how bad do you think they looked before the painting? Oh. Because <laughs> some of those paintings don't look good. That is that is a that is a Snapchat from, like, uh, from, like, 10 degrees with no filter in bad lighting quality right mm. there. You're getting all the worst angles and contours of your face, and there's no editing away from that. No, but the reason I even say that is because even with, you know, the limited amount of editing they would have done, and by editing I mean smoothing out their skin and everything so they'd look nice, the people still look weird, right? So what I mentioned, right, and brought up in the conversation is mostly have humans just changed that much? Well, we've at least changed like, do we somewhat. Do look that different? And, like, I'm pretty sure it's a known fact that humans have gotten more attractive over the years, like, we have as, like, just uh, gotten more attractive because the less attractive people didn't get to reproduce. But have not bred as well. Yeah, and well, unless they're royalty. But usually, yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, or, or Genghis Khan. Um, I've never seen a painting uh, of Genghis but, Khan. Uh, I don't know if he's attractive. Imagine he was just the most attractive Han in history. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> No, he didn't sleep with that many people because he was really virile. He slept with that many people because he was hot. Wow. Everyone, everybody wanted a piece of Genghis. He's got a 10 in charisma. Oh, it's like, I'm, it's like Gen 1 and Gen 6 all over again. Everybody I'm wants a piece of Genghis. Of course, using Khan. Fallout stats, um, not D&D stats. He'd have a 20 oh. in charisma yeah. in D&D. Yeah, there you go. Uh. Yeah, he's a 5. That's so high. It's like, what? If I wasn't high at all, I was like, well, depending yeah. on the system, I guess. No, he's got a 10 charisma out of a possible 3. It's incredible. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm just curious to see how much we've changed with that. I, obviously, we've become more attractive with time and also, mm-hmm. like, bigger. Like, just outright, humans on average are taller and heavier than they've ever been. Um, outside of, like, few freak examples in history. But we've, we've had freak examples currently in history. Like, Andre the Giant's a legitimate kaiju. I, I know it's weird to describe a living human or a human that lived 
uh, in modern time to be I, I don't kaiju, think he wanted to destroy yeah, Tokyo. He's, he's definitely. <laughs> you don't need to destroy Tokyo to be a kaiju. Kaiju just means strange beast, and the definition for that is anything that is abnormally large by the standards of the normal creature. So a rabbit the size of a cow would be a kaiju. And Andre the Giant <laughs> is a kaiju. Because <laughs> that was a human the size of a gorilla... <laughs> Actually, no, more bigger than a gorilla, but you know what I mean. Like, someone of our species, uh, the size of a species that isn't our species. Mm. Like, he, he's definitely a kaiju. I mean, I'd honestly consider the mountain a kaiju. <laughs> I think, uh, I think Thor, uh, Thor Bjornsson, uh, is a, is, is a kaiju. <laughs> he counts. Um, at like his heyday, he weighed like, I think I think he said he weighed four hundred kilograms, and that makes him over eight hundred mm. pounds. But so Thor Bjornsson weight. I I got an. Yeah. Let's see. So right now, yeah. right now he's six nine and three hundred and twenty three mm. pounds. That's really big, <laughs> and honestly impressive that he's only three twenty three at six nine. But that's that's as of right now. I want to know how much did he weigh before. Digging up a man's personal life. God damn it, Jack. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, before he was four hundred and fifty-two pounds. So he's he's lost a lot. He he lost you. Yeah. He lost <laughs> he me lo- in he weight. Lo- he lost you. <laughs> And wait, he just peeled you off like a jacket and threw you on the ground. Um, but yeah, when at his at his heyday though, he was when he was like doing all the powerlifting, he was six nine and four hundred and fifty two mm. pounds. That that's really big. Andre was <laughs> Andre was seven foot four and five hundred and twenty mm. pounds. You understand that no offense to the man, but he was a horse. That it wasn't a, that wasn't a person. That's a that's a horse. I do. And a and maybe a large pony. Yeah, I, I don't know how to respond to that, Jack. I'll be honest. Um. <laughs> like he's a he's a he's a very big dude like, like this is this is a very famous picture of him just next to a, a ref oh i've i've um, seen that photo um yeah look, look at this or not even a ref mm. a police officer like it looks like you dragged like the corners of his jpeg and mm-hmm. just scaled him up to make him look bigger but that's how big he actually was the man was a kaiju and I honestly don't think he would have even been offended by that. Well. Um, uh, how, do you watch wrestling? Like, you personally? I know our friend does, but do you watch wrestling? I unfortunately don't. And I say unfortunately because despite the stigma around wrestling and, like, the fans of wrestling, uh, I, I think it's actually a really cool sport. Um, like, the... the I, I don't get it, obviously. I'm not a fan. 
but I wish I did because it's it's uh there's like a there's an energy um an excitement to wrestling that few other things like just outright things have and I, I, I wish I could, like, enjoy it for what it is. Our friend um, obviously mm. really likes wrestling. And um, he's fully invested. And he has been for a while now. But um, I never got into it. I wasn't in the lore. And I and I never got um, into it for the same reasons basically everyone else did. You know, oh, wrestling's fake. You know, it's just a bunch of, like, big oiled-up dudes throwing each other. And you're right. It is. It's Obviously, it's staged. And obviously, they're big oil dudes. But that doesn't stop it from being and fun, though, right? People watch reality TV knowing it's fake for the reason that they at least have entertaining writing. I'm not going to say good, because it's not always good, but it's entertaining. Yeah, and the, um, and, and the fact that, like, you have all these big oiled-up dudes isn't even that different from mm. reality TV anyway. <laughs> How much? Who do you think went through more oil in a week? Uh, the uh, when they were both like active. In, I guess has the Jersey Shore ever stopped filming? I I feel like they stopped at one point, and I just didn't notice. But um, do you think the Jersey Shore went through more oil in a week, or do you think the uh, WWE did with? How much Jersey Shore people had to do, like, their tanning oil and all their food and the grease in their hair? I think... I would wager that Jersey Shore probably did more. Only reason being, a lot of the, like, oily sweatiness from uh, wrestling comes Mm -hmm. from, like, actual sweat. (laughs) Because what they do is, is, like, very taxing. And uh, especially considering how Mm. big a lot of the wrestlers are. The bigger you are, the more energy you need to expend, right, to do anything... And when you're the size of people like Andre, because Andre wasn't even the biggest wrestler in history. There was another one who was bigger. I don't know his name, but there was another guy who was bigger. And there's a bunch of wrestlers that are around the same size as him. And they do, like, flips and stuff. And, like, you know, jumping from high places to break through, you know, tables and things. Obviously, the tables in wrestling are, like, tissue paper. (laughs) If you've seen, like, Mm -hmm. uh, the fails of their, like, props and stuff, you'll see people, like, putting down, like, a pitcher of water too hard and it just (laughs) snaps the table in half. Um, Not literally. It kind of feels like I'd want to get one of those tables just to make the, like, absolute worst pranks. Yeah, like, you, you do an actual table, you play a board game with somebody, and if anyone gets really mad at Monopoly, they just shatter the entire table. It's like, oh, whoops, my bad. Um, but even even then, though, like, all of the acrobatics just involved in wrestling is really taxing, mm. so they sweat a lot. Most of the sweating that happens in Jersey Shore is due to, like, <laughs> bad conversations. Mm. And, like... Nowadays, the sweating's related to, like, bad conversations leading to you getting cancelled, as opposed to just, you know, being a regular mm. garbage person. Well, um... Are you a fan of Monopoly? I was about to say, are you a fan of cancel culture? Like, Brian? <laughs> I, I, I mean... Uh, it, it's fun to watch from time to time. Obviously, it's not yeah, fun to experience. I don't think I'll ever be big enough to experience that, but you never know. <laughs> no, believe me, I'm pretty sure if you if you <laughs> yourself Zach enough, you'll try. 
no, no. So, um, how do I feel about? Uh, oh God, not not cancel culture. The other thing. Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow, my brain just leaked out of my ears. Um, yeah, uh, I love Monopoly. It's great. My house has four versions of it. <laughs> You're really in Hasbro's pocket, aren't you? No, that's yeah. the only Hasbro game we own. <laughs> yeah, the, all the other games that I have are like mm. off-brand versions of them. Like I have a version of like Stratego, but all the pieces are made yeah. in like France. Um, which means nothing, <laughs> by the way. It's still plastic, but <laughs> it's French plastic. Yeah. Um, and I have like a, a version. Uh, and, yeah, right. I have a version of um, of Risk, where all the pieces hmm. are made of wood. That. Um, Sounds cool. And a bunch of, like, you know, chess and checkers and stuff. Mm. It is actually pretty cool. But um, it, it's not that cool because most of them mm -hmm. have been destroyed because uh, they're really delicate, you know, wood and all that. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Monopoly. Uh, great, great game. It, it never destroyed anybody when when I played it with oh, anyone. It never destroyed anybody for me, but that's because everyone always enters it knowing that I'm going to win. Ah, that's fair. The The assumption whenever I played was that I would win from sheer mm. stubbornness. Uh, and do you know Do you know what that means? Brian? I also you know was willing means? to wait, uh, wait the game out for like eight hours playing it until someone won. No, no, that, that's not what I meant. Aww. No. What that meant was when I went bankrupt, instead of going bankrupt, I would do chores for my parents so they would give me money. <laughs> that's what it meant it meant that i'd be willing to play the game for five hours by doing actual manual labor to give myself income in game so i could keep playing now, now do you want to know why i had to do that brian you know the reason why because i just never landed on anything I, I, you had the worst. I, I have okay. So uh, anyone who plays Monopoly knows that Monopoly doesn't have anything to do with strategy. It's all bullshit. It's, it's just luck. You're gambling when you play Monopoly. Uh, the rule is buy you anything you can as fast yeah, as you exactly. can. Yeah, exactly. Buy literally anything you land on. Do not be picky because the chances of you landing on it again are basically zero. So just take it while you got the chance. And eventually, if you have the most of anything, you will win. Unless you get really unlucky. <laughs> You're just increasing probability for yourself when you buy more shit. But, like, so the way this would work, Brian, right, is, of course, when you do you the dice go rules, you go first. Because my parents didn't want to go by, well, because my parents didn't go by the rule mm. that the youngest person plays. Because I have no siblings. I'm an only child. So that means I would always go first, and they don't want that. <laughs> so they did the dice roll. So we did a dice roll, and I would always lose. Um, so I would go last. And the way it works out, Brian, is they would go, they would roll, they would get houses, they would get property. I would roll. I would land on the houses they just bought and the property they went. And this would continue until I got bankrupt by the fifth roll because I didn't land on a single unbought property. Classic Monopoly. They didn't even need Monopolies, Brian. They didn't even need them. Do you want to know how I got my first property one, uh, during one of my games? I drew the... I drew, no, I drew the card that says go to boardwalk. I got the chance card that sent me there. That's how I got my first property, was being sent there as a punishment. 
And luckily, mm. nobody owned it yet, so I got to buy it. Buy that card. I didn't even get a roll mm. on it. I landed on any of them. It... <sighs> My my family started adding the house rule where if you when you land on free parking you get money because I couldn't get it in any other way. No, they they do that just when they notice uh, like you keep landing on it not to pay them. So if they make it like an advantage, you will never land on it. <laughs> yeah, right. Reverse psychology, my own probability. That's not Rock. even how that works, it but still they, work. they think. Yeah. No. Th- we did all of them, by the way. We did all the house rules that gave you extra money. So all the taxes went to the uh, went to free parking. Every time you got a car that took money from you, went to free parking. And whenever you landed exactly on go, you got twice as much. Mm-hmm. So instead of the two hundred, you got four hundred. <laughs> and I still lost <laughs> most of the time. The only times I'd be able to win is when I just made them give up <laughs> from just attrition, <laughs> just sheer unwillingness to give up which is less of a good thing than a than you know than i would have wanted to believe as a child because i wasted so much mm. time playing that game oh, and See, we still i have was the here. attrition person who would continue playing the game and uh, like long past the time when everyone else was having fun and um also i would <laughs> be the one who would spend every turn just trying to like trade property with everyone i'd never like my goal was i would only ever have like three goals with trading property right get the railroads because they're very important get and they stack better than like if you considered like housing um get the uh utilities because um they're, I mean, they're okay, but they're reliable they're okay, for the most part. But they're also great spots to land on for yourself in those areas. For free. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they're both in pretty yeah. dangerous places. And uh, the spots. third one is to buy up the things that you know someone else is trying for. But. Yeah, of course. You buy the last piece of someone else's I would, monopoly. I wouldn't do and that. You when. Just get one person landed on, like, the light blue, and then another person landed on the light blue, I would immediately try to buy one of the light blues because I knew the other person would eventually try to get the other one. And I could just wrap them around my finger like a sadistic little bastard. So you didn't even wait for it to be relevant. No, no, I I did did it it preemptively. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's how you know you're actually evil. I am. I am very evil. Um... Before doing it that way was just because, you know, you were, uh, you were being strategic. Mm-hmm. But, but you doing it preemptively, knowing someone else is going to have it eventually, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's villainy at a different level. Yes, I've, I've never been one to um, give mercy when playing games. Um... Which is probably why I've never got to play a lot of games, like board games growing up. No one wanted to yeah, play with me. No... <laughs> yeah, because they knew they weren't going to have a good time. Um, what is your favorite board game, by the way? Because mine is um, Worst Case Scenario, I think it's called. Hmm, okay. Um, 
it's this board game where you go around and you land on squares and you have to answer um, trivia questions about how to survive in the worst case scenario. Like, oh, that's cool. what would happen yeah. if you were being chased by killer bees? Do you A, run up a tree, B, get low to the ground, C, jump in water, D, stand still? Yeah, okay. I would go into the water. Yeah, you'd, you'd go into the water. Be- yeah, but uh, I I like the game. It's cool. It's like um, it's like playing any of those like trivia games, mm-hmm. but more interestingly. Yeah. Um, my I it's technically not a board game, but my favorite board game growing up was Pictionary. Yeah, it's a fun game. Because you're an artist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was the it was the one board game that I never lost growing up, which is why I liked it because everybody likes to win. Um, but if I'm being honest with myself, my favorite board game to actually play for like, you know, the strategic reasons and uh, real interest with anything, um, is a weird pirate game that my parents own. Is it that one way? So, Okay, I'm going to describe a pirate game, and you're going to tell me if I'm like this is the correct one. You have a pirate ship. You have uh, underneath the board are magnets, and you're trying to pilot your ship to the uh, to an island, get a little gem into your boat which has a magnet in it, and then bring it back to your own like outcove without having your boat tip over, which will happen if you like. Playing it over a magnet. No. Uh-huh. I know the one you're talking about, but that is not uh-huh. it. No. Okay. Uh, the board game that I'm talking about does... I don't I don't even know the name. Oh, God. I'm so bad with names. Um, Describe it. Uh, Just start describing it. It, ha- it has pogs. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's something you I know haven't what, you know, in a while. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Was it made in the uh, 90s? Maybe? Actually? I don't know. It's it's um, it's um, another one of those foreign, like, indie games that my parents bought. But this was, like, at a time when indie development wasn't even popular. <laughs> like, this is just a random game that they found somewhere. Yeah, I can't even find it. It's not even on here. If I went upstairs to try to get, like... Um, the bag and the uh, board that comes with it. Uh, I could tell you what it's called, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but I'll, I'll describe it to you. So the game, right, you, it's a two-player game, unfortunately, um, uh, where you have two boards, and each board has a, a different like tokens and counters that you can slide around to see like what your score is. And the board itself is meant to represent your ship, right, which seems pretty obvious. It's a pirate game. Um and the ships all have uh, eight pog holes, <laughs> right? And each pog hole is meant to be filled by a crewmate. So you had a captain, you had a first mate, you had cabin boys, you have two of those. Uh, you have a shipwright, you have a scout, you have a cook, you have a medic, um, and you have a, f- a brawler, like a fighter, right? Mm. And you, in the game... And I don't even know why I like this game, because it's really heavily determined by RNG. 
uh, in the game, you basically draft pirates at random. So there's a pouch that has like 60 different pogs, and each pog um, in sets of four come from different clans. And the clans are color-based, and you choose your captain, which is one of the clans, and you get certain benefits for sharing or, mis or, mixing, or, or mixing them up, right? And your objective is to build the strongest crew possible to achieve certain checkpoints before your opponents do. Hmm. So you would need to do something like roll five sixes, because um, you rolled dice to do combat mm -hmm. in the game. So one of the objectives would be, like, roll five sixes. Another one would be have a total combined power, right, of, like, this much. Have a total combined defense of this much and so forth, right? So the entire game is based on, uh, like, developing the strongest possible crew to get all these achievements, or at least as many as you can before they run out. And then at the very end, you have one fight with your opponent, and whoever wins that gets, like, two points as opposed to just mm. one. Um there's also the piratey aspect of it, where you can fight your opponent at any time to steal their achievements. <laughs> so, so if we're going to be honest, the only actual stat in the game that matters is combat power. Because <laughs> you could just keep stealing as many of them as you want. It's like, oh, I didn't get to roll enough dice. Who cares? I'll just steal that achievement from you if I need to. I'll just, you know, b build up a big enough crew with all the, all the uh, dudes with, uh, with, like, giant swords and the women with huge guns. <laughs> And uh, I win. But um, that game was my favorite to play as a kid. I loved that game. And I, uh, my poor mother, I used to force her to play with me so often um, that at, so at, like, at a certain point she stopped like trying and she just went through the motions so I could play mm. the game, you know? Uh, but that's my favorite board game, actually, outside of Pictionary, which was my favorite because I didn't lose, but not necessarily because I, you know, enjoyed the contents of the game the most. Mm. Man, how long has it been since Pogs have been relevant? Um, well, I don't think I was alive then, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I still have Pokemon Pogs. Oh. Not even ones that I owned. My cousins just gave them to me because they, they didn't have any use for them because Pogs are useless. Um, and I, uh, they didn't know what to give me. When I, when I was adopted, um, I was six years old, right? So I was like the newest member of the family, but I wasn't a baby. Most of the time when you invite a, per a person to your family, they're like, you know, a day old. Or um, they're like marrying I was invited... you. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, still a day old. <laughs> no, uh, a day old as far as your parent, your family's concerned. But like when, when I joined the family, I was six. Mm. So they didn't know what to do. So most of my cousins are like 20 years older than me, right? So by the time I joined the scene... They didn't even have toys anymore, because this was at the time when people weren't just hoarding everything they bought that you know they owned from childhood. Except Beanie Babies. Nostalgia wasn't as uh, nostalgia wasn't. Well, no, that's not hoarding. That's an investment, right? No uh, investment into no, worthlessness. Because, yeah, like a genius. Oh, an it's NFT, bro. <laughs> yeah, Beanie Babies are, are the new modern Beanie, 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 Beanie Babies. babies. Yeah. Yeah, no, yes, Beanie Babies are the new Beanie Babies. Um, yeah, no, NFTs are effectively just new Beanie Babies, yeah. aren't they? Oh, God. Um, no, but uh, they didn't have any toys for me, right? So the only cousins I had that had toys left were my youngest ones. And my youngest cousins uh, collectively gave me some of the best gifts of my life. So one of them uh, gave me a pop-up uh, 
like uh, dinosaur encyclopedia with 3D glasses. And that changed your life forever. It really did. I I fucking love dinosaurs. They're so cool. Um, yeah, and and it's not even like I just like old fake dinosaurs, you know, because modern dinosaurs look nothing like what we've predicted before because our technology's gotten better and we have more evidence to, you know, argue the contrary. But I like both. I like both the fake dinosaurs from the past and I like modern dinosaurs because just conceptually, any animal that large is so cool. <laughs> Like, we, there's Gundams smaller than actual, like, dinosaurs that existed. That's... Is Jurassic Park oh, your favorite movie, too? Uh, no, no. Dinosaur is. The really, really bad Disney movie from, like, the 80s is my favorite one. That's like, by the way, Dinosaur, the movie, if anyone has seen it, that's like second generation CGI. They just developed textures by the time they came out. You're no longer working with flat polygons anymore. You're working with like hundreds of flat polygons. It's incredible. Some of them even have hair that moves like three frames. Not a second, the whole movie, three frames. It's it's incredible. Uh, but no, I am... Um, I got a pop-up uh, dinosaur encyclopedia with 3D glasses, which is really cool. Um, the encyclopedia had pages in, like, crucial moments of, like, the thing that used to have pieces of, like, a T-Rex skeleton that you could pop out and construct. But my cousin, you know, had since done it and lost the skeleton. So I just imagined what it was like when I used it as a kid. And apparently that was enough for me. I didn't care. I thought it was still cool. Um, the second gift that I was given, right... Oh, God, I'm, like, describing Jesus. Uh, no, but the second gift I was given by my cousin... Frankincense? Um, was, uh... No, no, not myrrh, either. I wish. Oh, God, I could have used some myrrh. Uh, no, the, um... The, the second gift I got was a Game Boy Color. Like, a green Game Boy Color and a copy of Pokemon Wait, Yellow. as in... Oh, right, the, like, square box... Those. Yeah, okay. the brick. <laughs> the green the green bricks that are literally able to survive nuclear explosions and still yeah, work. Yeah, my first Game Boy was the first Game Boy Advance, so. Yeah, yeah, the other brick. Yours was the horizontal well, yeah. brick. Mine was the vertical brick. the horizontal brick. <laughs> I have it right here in front of me. Yeah, ah. Oh, there, there is such a nice feeling to, to a Game Boy Advance. Like, I'll be honest. It feels, it feels like what an Xbox controller was trying to feel like when they first made the mm -hmm. shape, you know? Like, it fits your hand just right, and it's not, like, too small or too big, and the buttons are placed in a convenient location. Like, that's all they ever need. It's friend-shaped. But, yeah, it is. Like, Kirby, you can grab him by all of his buttons, too, and they're all positioned in the right <laughs> spots. Uh, he only has eyes and a mouth and, like, weird, like, nubbin hands and, and shoes <laughs> for some reason. Uh, yeah, so the I got a, I got a copy of um, uh, Pokemon Yellow, and a Game Boy Color. And that was the only game I owned for a really long time. And I didn't even care. Because the second game I owned after Pokemon Yellow was Rocket Power. <laughs> the video game <laughs> from Nickelodeon for the Game Boy Color. And that game's impossible, by the way. You cannot beat that game. I don't care if you say you can. You're lying. That game is literally impossible to beat. There's a section of the game where you have to do tricks off of a surfboard. And the buttons don't make sense because none of them actually correlate to anything. You can press the same button five times in a row and it does something different each time. And you can press another button that's not that one and it does the same thing the one you just pressed did. I, I don't actually know if the surf game even works. 
but it doesn't matter. So I, I got the I got the Pokemon, I got the dinosaur uh, flip book, and the last toy that I got as a gift was um, the original uh, Red Toa uh, Bionicle um, that came out. I had some rad cousins, bro. Uh, I'm I'm glad you um, and me can agree on the best Bionicle to start with. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, I Tahu's I really didn't cool. Start with the Toas, though. Like the yeah, yeah. You had like the even you had the even smaller ones. You no, had, like, the, no, no, no. The Minorans. My first Bionicles were obviously the villains. The um. Oh. Oh, yeah, so you had, like, the Rakshi or whatever? Hmm. Or, wait, did you have the Rakshi or did you have, like, the bug thing? Like, the ball the bug ball things? The ball bug things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, those guys are also really cool. Um, and I, then oh, I man. got I, the um, Red Toa and then what was the, the white one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the white one, by the way, I always assumed was light as a kid. I didn't actually think of ice as an element. Well, d- because the black one exists. And so I thought the black one was darkness, right? So I was like, darkness, light, mud, wind, fire, water. Duh. <laughs> Those are all the elements in Bionicles. Obviously. Um, because I think ice is kind of redundant if you have water. Like, why, why have both? And also, rock is redundant when you have earth. Hmm. Uh, Bionicles did the same thing Pokemon did. Why did you separate them into two separate types, so, bro? No, why, also, why is steel a separate type to the um, other ones? <laughs> steel is just rock types after fire hits so them. So, was the game you played called Rocket Power Beach Bandits? On the I, Game wait, Boy Color, check. Game Boy Advance, or PS2? Beach came out in 2002. No, this is a port to a different one. Um, GBA. No, it was not. Hmm. No, this one looks rad. The one that I played was worse. I will find the one that you played. Let's, uh, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Team Rocket. That Rescue. one came out in two thousand one. Yeah, that one was on the PlayStation. Gotten Air. It might have been Gotten Air. Oh God, was it Gotten Air? Air? Hmm. Oh, Gotten Air. My bad. I'm going to find out which one it was, and then. Oh God! It was Gotten yeah. Air. <laughs> oh no! It was getting air. Oh. Wow, there was only these. Looking at these images is hitting me with something. I know it's nostalgia, but it doesn't feel good though. It's not. It's not the nostalgia you want. This. I think this is. This Um, is fear. I I, I think I want to insult your honor more. There is an any percent speedrun. Only one. And it is (laughs) sixteen minutes and fifty-seven seconds. Skill difficulty one. They're lying. They're impossible. Oh, of course, because they didn't... How are they... Okay, if I think one is impossible, how the hell are you going to do go all the way up to three? There's no way. Yeah, uh, so you know how, like, the there's that colloquial, like, mm-hmm. myth that Japanese games have two difficulties? Well, three, mm-hmm. technically. They have, uh, they have regular and hard and American. 
as easy? Well, the difficulties for the Rocket Power game are Japanese, uh, demigod, and Satan. We, you you go in you go in in realms of impossible. You start at Japanese. That is the easiest setting for that game, and there's a reason why there's a single like speed run of it at the easiest difficulty. Oh man, this game is so janky and it's so bad. I don't even love it. I have no I have no ties and attachments to this game. It's it was so done bad. three months ago. Wow. I ooh, somebody really dug deep to they, find this. They were the only person who submitted runs previously and they had submitted uh, like that was their fastest run. Only submission. Um in the normal section. Um, there's an any percent uh, run and there's a Tito percent run. The Tito percent run is eight minutes and fourteen seconds. Oh yeah, because their uncle is yeah. OP. And and that's OP in a sports game, <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense. Like there's no combat. Like you're just watching your watching your uncle's style and everybody. Oh, the, so funny. This game was added uh, to speedrun.com on in. Um, September of 2021. There is a single sports game, by the way, for the Game Boy Advance that I actually did like. Hmm. It's Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk games are just good. Yeah, yeah. But it was, um... Uh... I... I think it was the first Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. Hmm. Straight up Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Hmm. I, I really enjoyed that game. And I didn't I didn't even know what was happening because the sprites were so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching a stick figure sw- turn, which honestly, a stick figure from above turning, it, it just it just looks like a turbine. That's not a man. <laughs> this, this is just I'm just looking at technology. But I still mm. love that game. I remember doing a crazy jump of that game that wasn't possible because I because the game glitched. I I um I I jumped and the game didn't register that I jumped so I just started clipping through stuff. Yeah. And I and I landed on the other side of the entire map because I had to. And the game was just like excellent, new high score. I'm like, "What? What happened?" And I never yeah. achieved anything that great again in my life with that game. <laughs> Makes sense considering, you know, it's technically not possible. I think you added on too much to that sentence. You never achieved anything else as good in your life. Yeah, period. That is the greatest single achievement of my life. Was playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and doing a glitched jump. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Oh, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the Tony Hawk games have since left the realms of... Uh, of skateboarding and have since become like Deadpool simulator because you know that's all they are now it's oh man i i love like the meat asylum or whatever you know a game modes in the newest games it's so good like i there's there's only two games that i've ever played that have given me the same type of like you know sadistic type of like thrill of watching a a human JPEG just absolutely shatter themselves. Doom? And no, it's uh, uh it's it's the Tony Hawk games, right? Like the newer ones. Mm-hmm. And it's 
and it's uh and it's um GTA. Oh, just the ragdolling. Yeah, yeah, just just playing GTA with all the hacks on and just hitting NPCs with like you know airplanes going at like a hundred miles an hour. It's ridiculous. Like obviously they're not gonna add like splatter effects of them exploding on contact or anything, but if you hit somebody with like a Lamborghini going at like beyond speeds because you can just hack it so they're going like 900 miles an hour you see them sail all the way into the ocean it's mm. amazing and uh, you know obviously also horrifying and sadistic but th- those are the two games that i've actively watched my characters die slash kill people and i'll just be laughing at the top of my lungs mm. i i played gta for the first time at my friend kurt's house and i have never been to his house again <laughs> because i played it for the first time while i was there and i was laughing like a maniac for an hour and all i was doing is driving down the road hitting homeless people that's all i did i didn't do anything for an entire hour besides run down the road to hit homeless people and laugh i have finally understood that's like the worst first impression ever i have finally understood why the car you drive could not hurt anybody Given the power, you might actually hit someone, and you don't want them to actually feel it. I don't want this. Um, I know that I could be a Sith. That's why I resist. I, I do everything within my power to not. Yeah. Um, I fight the urge. Jack drives a um, smart car. Yeah, um, and it's not just any smart car. Because smart cars already look like clown cars. Now, this one is uh, decaled uh, to advertise my dad's uh, a place of business. And, um, wow, it doesn't oh, look yeah. like a clown car. <laughs> to be fair, it can fit more people than you think it would. Yes, especially if you're willing to do it illegally. <laughs> and if you're willing to just scrunch yourself up in the trunk like I am. But that's it's just not, because, again, I weigh nothing and small, I'm tiny. And, yeah. No, it is, uh, it, it's, it's not even, like... I'm, I'm shoujo protagonist, um, yes. figure. Well, not protagonist, it's... but male lead. Yeah. <laughs> Please. The only protagonists in shoujo are females. And, like, maybe males, but that turn out to be females. <laughs> they mm. just never tell you until it's too late. Um... It if it turns into a yaoi halfway through, then it can be a male protagonist. Yeah, that's fair. That's the one. That's the one pass you get. You get no other saving graces besides that. Um, yeah, but the smart car is really tiny, and uh, it's it's nothing like the vehicles I would have to use in GTA. Although newish GTA games, they got smart cars. Yeah. You can, you can drive smart you, cars. Uh, you die in every collision you have with me. Yeah, well, to be fair, a smart car is effectively just a motorcycle pretending to be a car. So, And don't you insult know. motorcycles that way. Well, the, the thing is, if you were strapped to your motorcycle and you could hit anything, you would die. The, chan- the fact that you fly off your bike actually gives you higher survival odds. Mm. Because you can ragdoll off of stuff. And that can, like, reduce the amount of impact you take. I think that's a good place for us to stop. Um, All right. You started us with um, Yowie Hands. Yep. Uh, Yowie Hands to Death by Vehicular Collision. <laughs> nice. Honestly, not that far from the... <laughs> no, it's that's pretty far from the original uh, station that we started at. 
So our conversation mm-hmm. went from yaoi hands to death by vehicular collision and loosely motorcycles. Mm. Uh, all right, so we went from yaoi hands, hands to art. The genre, well, yeah, to the yaoi genre hands of, of to manga stuff. to art. Art to, to WWE. WWE. <laughs> um, uh, to kaiju. Yeah. Yeah, to like board... Like, just big people, yeah. To board games. To... Specifically, Monopoly. To, yeah, yeah, your childhood. Why do we keep hitting you? Come on, let me talk about something that isn't you for once. You're um, the one who asks most of the time. No, you bring up things about well, your childhood. Well, actually, I've had a really weird life. Yes. I'm not even going to say interesting. Yes, you have. It has been very weird to observe any bit of it. Um, You'd be, most of it you'd assume are just not not true. It's like, there's no way. They're yeah. exaggerating. And, and you are now steadily just biting your knuckles, <laughs> saying, he's exaggerating, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the Anakin meme. The um, games you played as a child to the speed run of that game to prove that you're just you were just bad, bad. at it because you were a child everyone who's a child is bad at a game um, yeah but apparently there's only a single human being on earth that's good at it though that's, no there's only a single enough. human being who's willing to put in the time um, to be good at it i salute you um speedrun.com player bloody sunday <laughs> Bloody Sunday, you have my res- my eternal respect and fear. Mm. I I know not the type of man it takes, or woman. Well, eh, now I'll say man isn't like human. Uh, it takes to do what you've done. Mm. And I um, hope I never have to find out. And then from that, Tony Hawk to GTA to vehicular manslaughter, because GTA always leads to vehicular manslaughter. That's like the third thing you do after, besides like stealing money and like you know story mode. Which story mode actually usually involves stealing money and vehicular manslaughter. So I might I be the only, po- well, I might be one of the only people who um, use it as a dress-up simulator because I wasn't, I was a male, so I didn't get the Bobby dress-up games when I was a kid. Oh, please, Brian. If you want a dress-up simulator, you don't play GTA. You play Saints Row. Yeah, that I, that is the dress up simulator. Why do I have what to... you never wanted to you never wanted to play as Hulk wearing like a penguin onesie? No, I wanted you to. Can. I wanted my characters to look good, fashionable. You can make them look good in Saints Row. Well, although it takes a lot more effort to do that, but you can you can easily make your characters look good in Saints Row. Well, it's, Saints Row is like imagine if like the the character creator in yeah, like yeah, the Dark yeah. Souls games. Yeah, I've like, been Brian. Like, He's been uh, Jack. I'm still Jack. Yeah. Um, and see you next time, I think. Bye.